Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. It is Wednesday, and every Wednesday at 3.05, we talk to the play-by-play voice of the Boston Bruins, Jack Edwards, my Nesson colleague. Jack Edwards can be followed on Twitter at RealJackEdwards, and he's brought to you by Shaw's Supermarkets. Hey, Jack, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I think uh, the Bruins are beginning to get some traction here, Dale. You know, I, I was telling Michael last hour, uh, probably some fans are surprised if they checked the standings in their local paper today or online, that the Bruins are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games that they are one point out of first place in the Eastern Conference because the way the season started had a whole bunch of people panicking a little bit. Yeah, and with Goran Lucic was not playing well because David Krejci wasn't there and hurt, and Krejci is hurt again. And now without Charles, without Kevin Miller, without Tory Krug, can the kids at D do it? Uh, can they get any kind of production out of Marchand? Well, you know, so far the answers are yes against some not great opponents, but they're finding a way to get points. And uh, really, if anything, this is um, validation for what a great coach Claude Julian is because uh, to put the Bruins in this kind of predicament and to go so far off the plan and have to make adjustments on the fly and in a very short time have to coach guys up so they can absorb those big minutes at important times of games and still to find ways to get points, albeit against inferior opponents most of the time, but still to get points, that's a pretty good job of coaching. Well, that's a natural segue. You mentioned Claude, and he was signed to a contract extension by Peter Shirelli. He's always been Shirelli's guy. Why do you think the uh, contract extension happened when it did, Jack? You know, that is so interesting because uh, there's a lot of heat on Peter Shirelli right now, and there probably ought to be because the Boychuk trade – was ill-timed, and I haven't found anybody who thinks the Bruins got fair compensation for the quality player that Johnny Boychuk is. And uh, sometimes if I uh, look at the magician's right hand, you don't notice that the trick's being done with the left. So I, I don't know, maybe maybe it has something to do with that, or maybe it's just coincidence. But uh, it seems unusual that they would announce it at, at this particular time. But, uh, but good for Claude, because he deserves the security and in a profession in which there isn't a whole lot of it. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, they've become so patriot-like uh, around the Bruins organization. You, you hear it when they don't talk about injuries. You hear it when they, you know, they, they make a contract signing like Claude and terms were not disclosed. I mean, fact of the matter is, I don't even know how long Claude had left under his contract that was being extended. I don't know what the situation is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and uh, I have to chuckle at patriot-like because that is the model, isn't it? Uh, you know, Bill Belichick has, has uh, not made a whole lot of friends in the media because he doesn't need the media. And as long as you keep winning, you probably don't. But uh, it's it's a model that uh, some teams look at and think that's that's a good model for success. You know, that, that said, I, I will say this. The Bruins are a heck of a lot more cooperative with the media than, uh, than the Patriots are. And, um, you know, that's... That might be the difference between the two sports, you know, the difference between 16 games a year in which every game is six-point-something percent of your schedule and 
82 games a year in which every game is only one point something percent of your schedule. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you this. I enjoy working with the Bruins, and, and they have picked up some of that Patriots culture, but it hasn't completely pervaded the institution. All right, I, I, I brag about this all the time. I, I steal hockey knowledge from a number of people. Uh, Dale, uh, probably 80% of the time, steal from Dale, steal from you, steal from a lot of people. So let me ask you this. Um, if you had to say the best, if you had to call the best coach in the league, like who is that guy in the National Hockey League, and how far from Claude is that guy, it, assuming that you don't think Claude is, is the number one coach in the league? Well, it would be kind of parochial for me to say that Claude's the best coach in the league. Certainly, Claude's the best coach I've been around because, uh, you know, I've, I've done nothing but cover the Bruins for the last nine-plus seasons. So, um, you know, to see how the guy works with people day-to-day and to see how he works the X's and O's in different situations depending on the personnel that's available and the quality of, of uh, performance that each person in his roster is able to, to give, um, I, I can't think of anybody who's done a better job than Claude. Uh, probably the default answer is Mike Babcock in Detroit, um, since he has sustained excellence over such a ridiculous period and uh, has kept a banner franchise of the NHL, uh, which has been under a microscope for a long time and was before he got there, uh, at or near uh, the elite level. Um, you know, if, if I were to, to talk about a guy that uh, probably doesn't get enough credit um, I think Bruce Boudreau is a phenomenal coach and the fates have conspired in various ways to keep him from, from winning a cup but um, I, I got to think he's going to win it one of these years and, and he is a uh, he's a guy who really gets a lot out of players that you hadn't really thought were such a big deal. You know, I mean, I, I give you an example. Uh, a third-pair defensive guy who's John Erskine. You know, John Erskine was a, basically a fighter. <laughs> and he, he played in Utah in, in uh, the minor leagues, and then he got called up to Dallas, and he was just bouncing around, and you thought, ah, you know, here's another journeyman defenseman. And he plays for Boudreaux for a couple of years, and the guy actually is a really good, effective player, and it's because of the way that Boudreaux nurtured him. And, and that's to me, what separates the really good coaches from the great ones, the guys who are able to take the fourth through seventh round draft choices and find that it factor in them and bring it out of them. And, uh, and Claude's done that with a few guys, and, and Babcock does it all the time, and I think Boudreaux's pretty good at it, too. Texter says Ken Hitchcock. What do you think about him? You know, Hitch is, uh, is another one of those guys that is uh, – he, he is – Here's the thing that, that he has most in common with Claude. He is constantly evaluating himself and uh, does it with a, a very sober eye and tries to figure out how he could have been better and how it could have made his team better if he had thought of this or changed that method or done something else. And, and uh, uh, through that self-examination, uh, he has become a different coach and a much better coach than even when he did win the Cup in 99 in Dallas. We're talking with my Nesson colleague and Bruins TV play-by-play voice, Jack Edwards. Uh, I, I was mentioning to Michael last hour, uh, you've got three young defensemen forced into the lineup right now with the injuries to Zdeno Chara, Tori Krug, and Kevin Miller. And you brought up Trotman and Warsawski and Morrow from Providence to kind of fill those spots and kind of push Matt Bartkowski aside. Of the three, the one who's impressed me the most so far is Joe Morrow, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. 
Yeah, that's the one who's on my tongue. You know, that's, uh, he's, he's still making mistakes, made a couple of really ill-advised passes last night and got away with them. Um, but the guy's got a real spark to his stride. He doesn't lose many races for the puck. Uh, he's not afraid of being physical in the corner. We saw him eat a puck uh, a couple of games ago in the defensive zone where you normally don't see young defensemen do that, just pin it against the boards and wait for help. Uh, he's got a, an extraordinary amount of poise for a guy with so few NHL games of experience. Um, yeah, I, I can see why he was a first-round draft choice. I can see why Dallas uh, really wanted him uh, in the James Neal deal. I think he went to Dallas in the Neal deal. And uh, and you can see what the Bruins saw in him, that uh, that they wanted him in that uh, in that Sagan trade. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you, Dale. I, I think the kid's got a tremendous future, not just as a role player, but as an all-round contributor. I mean, if you slot him in, like if you see Dougie Hamilton as the heir apparent to the leadership of the defensive core, you can certainly see uh, Joe Morrow slotting in as that 1A guy in Seidenberg's place as Seidenberg's career path begins to, to uh, or his career arc begins to take a lower trajectory. Jack, I also thought the Bruins got some good news today with word that the Pittsburgh Penguins have signed Marc-Andre Fleury to a four-year contract extension. <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> what are they thinking? Maybe they that, the, that they won't have to play the Bruins at any point in the playoffs? Uh, or, or, or anybody. for the, I mean, you know, it, look, the guys, the guys won a Stanley Cup. We'll tip, it, tip our cash to them for that. But if you look at the video of Fleury's work in the playoffs, it, it is Mwango-like. I mean, it, 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 he can look terrific one game and then absolutely blow up in the series changes on that one game. And, and it's happened time after time. And he's a wonderful regular season goalie. Great. But a four-year extension? I, it's, that's, that's another eye blinker. But, you know, that's, uh, that's the way they've chosen to go. That's okay. Uh, I want you to tell me, Jack, what what your gut tells you about Zdeno Chara. Do you think he'll need surgery, or do you think rest uh, will be sufficient enough and he'll be able to come back, let's say it's in January, and be his old self? Wasn't that an interesting thing in the uh, in the scrum yesterday when uh, Chara was answering questions about, a, you know, what's the next medical checkpoint, or were you relieved that you didn't need surgery? And he was kind of vague and with the uh, with the surgery question, he said, "We'll see twice." And you know, not that I've ever played a sport on that kind of level, but if you know you're not going to need surgery, you would probably have some kind of reaction to say, "Yeah, you know, it's great that I'm not going to have to have surgery. I'll just wait for this thing to fix itself with therapy and and work at it on its own." So that was kind of a, a cautionary note that he signed, and uh, and I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too enthused by that. I, you know, if, if Char is not available for months and months and months, um, the Bruins are going to have to try to win with a plan B, and I'm not sure a plan B is, is possible to be successful in today's NHL. The parity is just so good in the league. There are so many tremendous teams that if you don't have at least your A-minus roster going into the playoffs, um, you, you're going to have an almost impossible task at hand. Final question from me, or final statement, actually, and point of discussion for you. Uh, as they so often do, I thought Bruins fans got it exactly right last night. The stadium ops people uh, in the building got it exactly right. I thought the video tribute to Sean Thornton was just right, and he looked like he was choked up watching that and getting the response from the fans. 
Yeah, and he certainly deserves it. There are so many athletes who uh, work their tails off and never get the recognition directly from the fans the way Thornton did last night. And for him to experience that with his parents in the crowd, was it was one of those wonderful moments that makes you so thankful that you're working in Boston and that the fans get it and that they understand that a guy who played nine minutes and 45 seconds a night could at times be just as important as a guy who played 24 minutes that night. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of playing in front of educated and attentive sports fans. It was, uh, it was a wonderful moment. Uh, so thankful that uh, we were able to be in the arena for it, Dale. And, and uh, you know, it just, People recognize that he gets it. He gets it on every level. And he's not a perfect guy. He's made some mistakes, haven't we all? But uh, he's owned up to his mistakes, and he tries to do the right thing every day. And, uh, and for that, I'm, you know, I'm just happy personally that I've ever been able to, to spend any time with him and be on the same planet with him. <laughs> I, uh, I did lie because I, I, I have been reminded by a texter of something I did want to ask you about because the uh, midday show here, MFB, uh, Took you to task a little bit for a comment you made during the telecast last night. I'm thankful oh, yeah. about the defenseman yes. thing, right? Yes, yeah. and I and I and I wanted to have you. Media. I wanted to give you the chance to talk about it. You said last night, and you've said it before, that playing defense in the National Hockey League is the th- hardest thing to do in sports. That's a classic Jack Edwards statement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, I I think it's a, a tremendous roundtable discussion. And and you know what? I I recognize other points of view, and I think it depends on one's perspective. But but here's here are the criteria for me. That, that you have to be multidimensional, okay? And I understand that playing corner in the NFL, especially with the current rules, is a really difficult job. Okay, almost every job in sports is a really difficult job if you really take the elements of it. But at, at what point as a corner do you have to create offense? You don't. At, at, at what point as a quarterback do you have to stop someone in a desperate situation in order to save the game, unless it's an unusual situation like you're trying to tackle a guy who just intercepted a bad throw that you just made. The the multidimensionality of playing D in the NHL, the fact that the players are moving at 30 miles an hour and the shots are moving at about 100 miles an hour, the fact that it is a fluid game rather than a static game, the fact that you're playing extended consecutive minutes that you aren't in, in the static sports, those are the things that, to me, are most meaningful in being able to back up the statement that playing defense in the NHL is the hardest job in all of pro sports. There are just so many variables. And, and really, if, if a guy's going to come into the league and really shine at D before he's played 100 or 150 games, it's amazing because you have to make so many reads on the fly. You've got to stop your opponent. You've got to know the personnel and you've got to do something good. We were just talking about Morrow, right? And, and, you know, the surprising thing about Morrow, who comes in with a reputation as an attack-minded defenseman, is he plays pretty well in his own end, but he still made some bad passes last night. And, and so you not only have to be the linebacker, you've got to be the quarterback at times. And to me, that's, it's the multidimensionality of playing D in the NHL. And, and also, there, there are two more words. Go skating. <laughs> You'll figure it out. A little different, isn't it? Jack, I appreciate the time as always. So I'll talk to you tomorrow night, but we appreciate you being with us. All right, Jack. The oil's in town, boys. We'll see you tomorrow, Dad. But but no Andrew Ferentz, unfortunately. Yeah, too bad. (laughs) All right, Jack, thanks. Thanks, bye. Jack Edwards brought to you by Shaw's Supermarkets.